Welcome to episode 184 of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. And coming up on today's show, you'll be hearing part one of a two-part discussion on the film Survey, the short film that I had the pleasure of running sound for this past summer. I've mentioned it periodically on the show and was able to get some of the cast and crew together to talk about our time uh, on set, how we got involved, so much more. It was a really, really fun discussion, and it was so big that I had to split it into two parts. And as a little bit of a disclaimer, I do want to apologize about the audio quality. Uh, there was some type of issue with the sound mixer that we used, so some of the audio may not sound as great as other parts, so I do apologize for that. Uh, we will have these issues for next week as well, but I will hopefully have that resolved uh, for future roundtables that involve a ton of people where I have to use a mixer. So anyway, hopefully you guys really enjoy this episode. I know I had a blast doing it. This was a show that I wanted to do you know, since June when we shot the movie, so... Uh, really excited about it. Can't wait for you guys to hear it. But first, let me tell you about our proud sponsor, Audible. This week's episode of the Derek Diamond Experience is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com nerdcave. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. Derek, Derek. Diamond, Welcome everyone to the special Facebook Live edition of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. And tonight we're going to be discussing a film that I've been wanting to talk about for quite a while. Uh, the short film survey that all of us had the privilege of working on several months ago. And as you can see, I've got quite the panel. Someone might call it a ragtag group of people, but I like all of them. So uh, first off, we'll start uh, to my right. We have uh, Miss Orfea herself, Gabby Faulkner. Welcome. We have Servi herself, Anna Faulkner. How's it going? Going great. Hi. The guy who made it all happen, Mr. Steve Wise. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having us. We have Chris Kubiak, who played Tanga. How's it going? Tanja. Tanja. Hi, Chris Kubiak, not here. My name is Mikhail Petrovsky. I stunt double in the country uh, illegally. Uh, yes. Something like that. <laughs> Something. And that's what we had to put up with. <laughs> the entire time. Constantly. Vilker himself, and also my co-host on the Nerd Cave Retro Show, as he's sporting on his shirt there. Mr. Jason Robbins, how are you, sir? I'm good. Hey, hey, hey. Shameless self-promotion. That's right. Why you the best <laughs> double in film, Mr. Desso Faulkner. How's it, it going? It's good being dead and back, so. <laughs> we have uh, costume designer, Miss LaVon French. How's it going? Hi, thank you for having us. No, absolutely, absolutely. And we have Mr. Ray Alfafara. How's it going? Doing great, thank you. So I wanted to start, uh, we'll start with Steve. So... Survey, we, we all worked on Survey, and we'll, we'll get into the actual production of it itself, but what was the, what was the genesis of Survey? Like, how, how did this whole idea come about? Well, it actually uh, started about a year ago from, from right now. Um, I wanted to make an, a movie, and it had been a while since I had directed anything, and I started off basically wanting to do a heartfelt character drama with two people in a room talking. 
and, uh, and then it turned into an action adventure fantasy with five characters, including <laughs> a child actor, in the woods with makeup effects in stunts and um, yeah. <laughs> so um, actually, Chris and I were kind of batting some ideas back and forth, and um, I had this idea that I really wanted to work with Anna, and because I knew that um, first off she is really good on screen. She had done a couple commercials for Pensacon, and I thought that she would be good at um, using a character, you know, and right. creating a character. So. And I also knew that she was good with fighting, having seen her and her husband Desso um, at work with the Gulf Coast Lightsaber uh, Training Group. Shameless promotion. Yeah. <laughs> also, <laughs> not domestic uh, abuse. <laughs> so, anyways, um, I was trying to come up with ideas as far as what can I do to get her to fight using a weapon that's not a lightsaber, and had the idea. Well, how about a staff? Why would she have a staff? Well, if she's wandering through the woods in a culture that um, doesn't have modern technology, that would be a good weapon for her. And who would she be fighting? And so then we came up with the idea of the, this band of traveling uh, highwaymen, if you will, who she has to confront. Well, why? What if she's protecting someone? How about a young girl who, whose, parent, whose whole people have been killed and she finds in the middle of the wilderness and has to get her to safety. So the whole story kind of developed organically because of this idea of, I want to have Anna fight. <laughs> so that, and so after coming up with the concept, I went home, wrote it, and proceeded to send it to various people here on the couch, <laughs> and among others. And I said, what do you think about this? And the reaction was generally pretty positive, and we took it from there. So Anna, how did you feel when Steve approached you about, you know, not just wanting to have you fight, but really like star in, in the film? What was your reaction to that? Well, initially when he sent it to me, it was interesting because he was looking at it from a dialogue point of view. What do you think of the dialogue? Because the way Servi speaks is very unique and different. Mm -hmm. So I was reading it, and I think he used the fact that I'm a history fan to kind of point stuff out, and we were discussing it that way. And it never occurred to me being in it, because I wouldn't assume that. I just thought, oh, it's an interesting, unique story. So one of the first things I've said to Steve is, next time, can I have full sentences? <laughs> but uh, it's, it was unique. Mm -hmm. um, it's been enjoyable overall, the, the whole process of it, but that initial feeling was, I don't know how to describe it. So I'm gonna step in real quick because it was, uh, I get home and Anna hands me the script to read. And then when I finish reading it, she says, what do you think? I like it, good, because Steve wants me to be this person. He says he wrote it with me in mind. Yeah, I totally see that. Okay, <laughs> what's next? You know, just and and that's kind of where it came from was a complete look of shock from her, and uh, just overwhelmed with uh, being humbled. Really, is where it came from. What he said. <laughs> uh, the, the main selling point was Steve went Anna. 
how would you feel about punching Chris in the head? <laughs> and she was like, what, do we have to do that on camera? Or? That was later. That was, that, was later. That, was, that was the final point. Accurate. Accurate. <laughs> Everyone here was like, actually, I'll be in this actually movie. Actually, I punched Remy in the head. Uh, yeah, Chris yeah. got hit somewhere else. We'll talk about that yeah. much later. Uh, maybe off camera. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> it did spoil. Uh, so. so, Chris, when Steve sent you the script, what was your reaction? Well, um, I actually got when Steve said he, we were batting around ideas. Uh, it was one of our very late night, uh, frequent Facebook conversations about film and about writing and things like that. So, he, we were talking about what he would like to do, and of course, the you know the idea of. Um, when every time he talked about two people sitting in a room, I always thought about that scene with Samuel L. Jackson and Tim Roth in Pulp Fiction, that very <laughs> intense you know, yeah. conversation that they have. Yeah, that's exactly the type right. of thing I write. Uh, well, no, I mean, not, not like psychobabble, but you know, just like the intensity of like the camera angles and whatnot. And it, you know, um, it just opened up from there. And then he sent me the script, and the first thing I said was, cool, like Mad Max. And he was like, no, not like Mad Max. <laughs> Um, and of course, we just kept batting around ideas, and then he was like, "Well, I'm going to write this," and I was like, "Oh, okay, really?" Because he hadn't, you, you know, he would say, "I haven't written anything in a while," and then all of a sudden, it was like two days later. Here's the script. What do you think about it? Um, and it was awesome. It was really cool. Uh, he deconstructed the language of the characters to like fit the, I guess, all the thematic elements of what was happening in that world. Um, and well, that then, was one of the cool things about it is he yeah. sent us a complete like, like, like you know how to pronounce right? yeah. yeah like a glossary of how to pronounce all the words in the movie. Yet some of us still got yelled at on set for not <laughs> saying it right. Um, I can't imagine who that. It, 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 I not got no idea. I think Steve. Uh, I think Steve just stopped hearing. correcting me after a while. He was just like, screw it, just let him say what he wants to say. Your voice sold it. No yeah, one yeah, cared yeah, at that yeah, point. You, you, you had a you had a window of opportunity to struggle through. I didn't. Um, but he was like, he was like, hey, would you, you know, want to be in this? And I was like, of course, uh, I live for this sort of thing. And he was like, well, do you want to be Vilker, who Jason wound up playing, um, who had these grandiose lines and this really great monologue, um, or Tanja, who got to fight? And I like to do that, and uh, I've been trained to do some of that stuff. And I was like, I think that would be a lot more fun, is being able to just, I don't know, do action on screen because. Never got to really do that before, so it was uh, it was really cool. It was a cool experience just getting to the point of, hey, let's do this. Mr. Robbins, when I first read it, I fell in love with it. Like me and Steve had kind of uh, developed a friendship over the last year, year and a half. Um, <clears throat> you know, just because I did monsters and everything, I, Steve kind of came became my guru for uh, like writing and things of that nature. I'm always bugging him about, hey, will you read this? Hey, what do you think about this? I know he probably gets sick of me sending him <laughs> stuff all the time, but um, he said he wanted that he had this idea for a story and it was for Anna, but I, I had never met Anna before. He said he had the story in mind and he, and would I like to read it when he was done? And I said, yeah, just send it to me as soon as you're done with it. He sent it to me like it was like two days later and and I fell in love with it because not only do I, you know, I love sci-fi and fantasy and stuff like that, but it's like it's the kind of thing you can't really pinpoint if it's like post-apocalyptic or if it's in the past or mm -hmm. if it's like a parallel universe or something. You kind of can't 
it speaks for itself, but it still leaves a lot to like think about. You know, like how did things get this way? I'm, and I really wanted to be in it, but I didn't want to push myself and be like, "Hey, can I play one of the guys?" In the movie? <laughs> and uh, Steve was like, I, "Would you want to play one of the you know the Marauders or whatever?" And I was like, "Absolutely." And um, I knew that I would never in a million years be able to pull off the fighting scene, so I'm very glad that Chris did that. <laughs> All I had to do was talk and look menacing the whole time. And then I got to play dead, and, and then he got to play dead for me for the you, rest you, of the time. You didn't want to get flipped over on your back? Uh, no, I don't. 12 times? Well, if, if, if I can More jump in here, too, um, as far as with, with the characters now, for most people have not seen the movie yet, so basically we had a character dynamic where we had three, uh, if you will, the villains, and Vilker, played by Jason, was the leader of the group, and then Tanja is kind of the scout that goes out and kind of is the tricky person. Then we had um, Urch, played by Remy, who unfortunately was not able to, to be here, Remy Rowe, and um, he was the kid of the, of the group. And so anyways, when I wrote it, I pictured Servi basically confronting Vilker, who's the leader of the group, and then fighting him. And you know, I wrote that kind of with Chris in mind, but then as I was looking at kind of the story structure, I realized it would be better if, without spoiling it, um, that Vilker is not the one that she fights. And in that way, we split up the characters a little bit differently. Well, at that point, that's when I came to Chris and said, uh, okay, I've got a dilemma here because I know you like, like this dialogue and I know you want to fight. But I've given the two characters something different. And so I gave him the choice of what to play. And he decided he wanted to do... Uh, the character of Tanja to fight. And so that's when I approached, initially, <laughs> I wanted Jason, I asked him, hey, would you like to produce? And what, what was your response to that? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, specifically, you told me the next day you were in cold sweats. <laughs> so producing is... It's not an easy job not by an easy no job. stretch of the imagination. It, it, it's a lot of stress, a lot of logistics, um, a lot of pulling things together. Um it's you have to really have a unique personality to handle that and to do it effectively. And I know you've done it before. So, um, yeah. but it with, with Chris taking on the role of Tanja that opened up Vilker. And so immediately I went to Jason and said, "I've got this role available." <laughs> and fortunately, he uh, he said yes. So. Something that kind of blew me away when I started working on the sound edit, because I hadn't seen any of the, the footage from day one, because I was only there for day two, so I didn't see any of Jason's stuff. When I went to do the sound edit, I went straight to his scene, and I remember his voice just freaked me out. Okay, was, so <laughs> so let, let, let Anna story and time. I tell this story yes. of uh, the first time we heard Jason and his Vilker voice. Um, so... Jason couldn't make the first um, script rehearsal, and he had to Skype in, right? And, of course, none of us had really met Jason. I mean, most of us in the podcast community, we know who Jason Robbins is. I'm uh, not a part of any of it. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, for Anna and for a few other people, it's their first time, like, really, you know, seeing right. who he was, right? 
So Jason gets on and just like this, you know, very, you know, charismatic and very nice guy, right? And then he, you know, he's like, well, I, uh, I started, I, I'm doing something with the voice. So just tell me if you guys think it's okay. And he, and he does, does this. Hello there. <laughs> and we all melted. We were all just like, well, I say it again. Hello there. And we just kind of sat there for a good five minutes just having him repeat his lines. And he thought it was like, what, is it okay? And he didn't understand that on our end we're going, oh, it's good. You're good. And everybody You're back fine. to one. You, would you like Start to do my over. phone so, message? So in just that moment, uh, as Steve said, I chose to play Tanja. I realized I made the right decision because <laughs> uh, I would have never been able to do that. And, uh, yeah, thank you for not embarrassing me sooner. That, that actually um, is a good point. The dialogue right there, the accents actually played a lot into it because it helped us attach to our characters. Everyone started developing this feel for the world, like, oh, okay, well, what kind of dialect would they use over here? What accent for this? And we kind of started making up our own stories behind the scenes on why. Mm -hmm. And so his initial accent and that booming voice helped us realize that our ideas were okay to not be embarrassed by it and just go with yeah. it. Well, so. it, it's a lot easier. Uh, well, because the thing with me is when I was reading the dialogue, that's just that's I could not get that voice out of my head. That how the yeah, pronunciation. Can't get it out of our heads. You know? <laughs> no, sir, at all. And, no. You know, I, I can get like my voice really low and growly, so that you know, it was just like this is how I got to do it. This is how I got you know the accent to make make the words sound natural, because it's it. A lot of the words are very. What, what did Harrison Ford say on uh, the original Star Wars script? He's like, "You can write this stuff, you can't say it." <laughs> Again, um, I got yelled at many a times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Gabby? Because you got to play uh, Orphea, the orphan girl who Servi has to uh, help guide to safety. You're actually you were the first. First actor or actress anyone ever saw on screen for Survey. So how how was how was your time on set? Um, it actually made me really happy. Uh, it was really hot. <laughs> um, it was very interactive when uh, the camera wasn't rolling. Everyone was having a really good time. So it actually made filming a lot more bearable in the weather that was Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, that's actually a great point because, you know, with film especially, you, you have to love it to be able to do it because if you don't have the passion for it, you're going to be miserable because you're going to be on set more than likely 12, 13 hours a day. So if you don't have the passion for it and it's not what you love to do, you're, you're going to find out pretty quickly that it's that it's not for you. Oh, the first time uh, your sweat mixes with someone else's, <laughs> you, you learn that you want to be there. Uh, <laughs> Because you're just like, oh, that's that's interesting. It's an experience. I don't recall uh, your sweat ever missing, uh, mixing with mine, so I, I, I'm glad I missed that. Yeah, I don't really recall that either. There, it's there, an outtake. There, there's there's an out, there's an outtake of me shirtless running up to Steve through the field, arms spread wide. Actually, what Gabby said is very true. We all ended up kind of developing this bond on set, not just because you know the weather was bad, but there was just this energy, this bouncy oh my gosh, we're really doing this energy from makeup chair to the costuming area to all of it. We're all just like, oh my God, we're here and we're doing this. And it was just a manic, fun, let's make this happen kind of feeling. And it never really went away. So now when we run across each other, it's the, 
we did that thing and it, yeah. it like comes back yeah. to you and it's it's something kind of magical that you hear about like in the behind the scenes for any of the big films star star wars harry potter any of that where the people did big productions for years together you hear about that but you don't hear about how much it still applies even on a small production like this one well, it's like she, she was saying you know we get there what time did we get there like six in the morning to start getting early, makeup yeah. and and you know we're all goofing around then and they're like this there's like this buzzing energy in the air and then you know we go get fitted for costumes and we're all standing there just looking like you know these crazy <laughs> post-apocalyptic people with scars and we're all like taking this all these selfies awesome. we can't post and yeah let's and do this we're looking at each other like you look cool no you look cool let's go kill each other like, like, like let's go fight and just this energy of playing and the script sorry spoilers um but it's this you know what happens in the script, but you can't help but just want to hang out and do things while you're there. It's exactly, all it is is just, it's getting to play, you know, cops and robbers when you're a little kid. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's you're a grown person playing, or, you know, playing. That's what we're doing. Yeah. You know? All of us had a good time, except for Steve, who um, <laughs> looked like he was ready to kill some of us who were having no, too good of a time. one person. One person. Hey, I was only there for one day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Can, I'll just I'll just say this. I'm sorry that when I landed on Jason and I grabbed his ass and said sorry out loud while filming, I wasn't supposed to do that. You don't break character. We all turned and stared at you, just like, are you serious? Like, like the entire crew was like, why would you say sorry? Like I grabbed another man's ass without his permission. I mean, my mom brought me up right. <laughs> Just buy him coffee after. You're fine. <laughs> I got you, boo. <laughs> well, we good. getting we back good. to Gabby. <laughs> Sorry, Gabby. Um, if I if I can say something here too, um, you know, it, it, we didn't choose her right away. Uh, she earned her her character. Um, I was really concerned about finding an actress that could handle the character, even though it didn't have a lot of lines, just you know, just a handful of lines. She had to be on set a lot and in the woods and be all dirty and grimy and be okay with that. And But primarily, I was looking for someone that could act through expressions and emotions. And we put um, a casting call out. We had a number of young girls that submitted uh, audition tapes. And we went through, Ray, Ray you were, were you part of the casting process? Uh, I was I was supposed to be, but I couldn't make it, unfortunately. Okay. Well, I didn't know, I couldn't remember if you had looked at some of the, the audition tapes. You showed me after the fact. Okay. You saw, uh, that was um, the only thing. Well, anyways, we had, we had a team of people that um, were going through looking at them. Giving you had sent it to me, too. Okay. And, yeah. and, you know, and who, everybody that you sent it to all kind of came around the same consensus that she was the one. Well, we did uh, narrow it down to several. Yeah. I'm sorry. We, we narrowed it down to several actresses, and we wanted to bring them in to see what the chemistry was like with Anna. Uh, my big concern was being mother and daughter. The characters are not mother and daughter. They're not supposed to be related. So how much did they look alike that the audience would immediately go, yeah, okay, you just pulled from the family instead of actually doing any actual casting. Um, so I wanted to make sure that we chose the right person. And when we had the others come in and, and read, there were some very good ones, but for various reasons, we just we narrowed it down, and, and Gabby really was the right choice. And 
but we did have a lot of conversations about about that as far as um, you know that can they play off each other and not have that mother daughter chemistry, which is which is tough. I don't know. I'm pretty good at ignoring her. <laughs> I'm kidding. Actually, we True. we had a <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Um, we had a huge discussion about that when Steve approached us about her auditioning. We had been using her as a fill-in for all the stuff we were doing because Odessa and I were rehearsing every night, going over the different scenes, trying to get stuff down, and we needed someone there to help us. So she agreed to help us, but we'd already told her, just because you're helping doesn't mean you're in it. We didn't want to feel like, as a family, we were cornering a film. We didn't right. want to come off as pretentious about it. But after a reading, Steve approached me, took me off to the side without her involved, and said, I wanted to talk to you about her auditioning. Not here, you can have this, but would she like to audition? I said, sure. So we went through the same process as everyone else. He had a script that they needed to read for the audition. Even though she already knew the lines from the script from us practicing, she had to submit a video, go through the whole process, and then my sit-down with everyone treated them all the same. I didn't talk to them until Steve told me to, didn't interact with anyone until I was told to, and it was me kind of teaching her this is how it is. So it actually wasn't too huge of a learning curve for either of us, it just kind of fell into place naturally because of how we had approached it already. So, and then on set, we tried not to, in between takes, you know, we might hang out, but on set it wasn't mother-daughter, it was someone keeping an eye on her so I could focus on what I was doing and keep that kind of separation on set. So, right. And I think it worked out well. No, I thought I thought Gabby did a fantastic job. <coughs> Gabby, what Me was too. your perspective on that whole process? The, the separation, the, the whole process of mother-daughter on set, all of that. It felt like when you were doing chores at home. Chores at home? Fair enough. <laughs> but what did you think about uh, when you auditioned? I actually thought I wasn't going to get the part because I feel I'm a terrible actress. But well, we, we feel differently. Yeah. So modest. You were, you were great. I think you're wrong. <laughs> so once, once the casting was done, what, what was the next step in getting Survey made? Well, <laughs> Jason... <laughs> brought to my attention um, that he had successfully done a Kickstarter campaign, and he suggested that we look for money for crowdsourcing. Now, I was planning on just funding it myself anyways, and so it was, it was going to be made one way or another. On what level budget, that, that kind of remained to be seen. Um, so I tried my hand at, and I chose Indiegogo over Kickstarter because with Indiegogo, you can have a flexible campaign, which means mm -hmm. even if you don't reach your goal, you can keep the money. And so I figured, even if I get $20 donated, that's $20 extra that I didn't have, right. that will go to this. And yeah, with Kickstarter, it's all or nothing. Like when we made Monsters Anonymous, we had to have a certain amount of money to make it, or it wasn't going to get made. So, if we'd have done a, you know, an Indiegogo or a, or a, a GoFundMe, and we only made a thousand dollars, then we would have had to make that movie for a thousand dollars. You know, there was no kind of buffer zone. Yeah. So no flexibility. Well, in looking at what money we needed, you know, we had makeup effects. Uh, we had uh, certain equipment that we had to rent. We had 
um, you know, just gas to get people to the location uh, that were sometimes driving in from an hour away. I had hotel rooms I had to, to get for a couple people. Um, we had food on the set that had to be paid for. That's a big expense. And, and let me tell you, you feed the crew and the cast well. When mm-hmm. you're doing a film, like, especially one like this, where everybody's out in the hot sun all day, oh, if you don't exposure. have food, um, people are going to start resenting being there. So we wanted to make sure that... And, and fortunately, one of my... Um, actually, one of my Indiegogo campaign um, sponsors who came in as, as one of the producers... Um, provided food one day. In, in yeah, it was uh, f- the first day. Yeah. Thank you, Cheryl. <laughs> Thank you, Cheryl. <laughs> well, yeah. I think also, um, you know, people should know that none of us actually made money. Right. Like we, none of the actors took a paycheck or anything like that. All of the money went to just making the movie, and that's not a bitter statement. Like you know, passion we, project. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah, Absolutely. project. Um, so if anybody thinks that. You know, we pocketed some coin on that. No, no, no not well, at all. And, and you know, I need money to um, enter into film festivals also, and that, that's a biggie because most people don't realize, you know, it costs a lot of money yep. to enter film festivals, and it's not a big return either. You know, you enter ten, hopefully one will accept you, and so if you enter forty, maybe four will <laughs> accept you, maybe, uh, because there's just so many variables into getting accepted. Even if you have an outstanding film, it may not be what they're looking for, or it might be, you know, another film might be the same genre or the similar plot, and they choose that one over yours, or the um, running time might not fit into their, their programming. So there's just so many different things that you have to take into consideration that if you want your film shown, you have to spend money to get it out there, and you know, the marketing for it, and, and you have to spend a little bit of money for the um, the fulfillments, the perks that, right. that you offered them. I'm still trying to get all that done. And for those of you who um, donated to our campaign, thank you. You'll be getting your stuff shortly. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Before we continue this awesome discussion about Survey, I have to remind you that for you, the listeners of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download and a 30 day free trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. And they have a ton of books to choose from, as I said at the top of the show, over 180,000 of them. They have books that range from fiction, nonfiction, romance, sci-fi, gaming, any genre you can think of, Audible has. And if you're always on the go like I am, it's a great service to have to be able to continue to read without having to sit down and read a physical copy. And to do that, just go to audibletrial.com nerdcave. Again, that's audibletrial.com nerdcave for your free audiobook download and 30-day free trial. Um, talking about the food, before set, uh, we hadn't had breakfast. I thought I wasn't allowed because I was supposed to be a starved child in the wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> method acting. Method acting. <laughs> we did not so starve early. any children on set. <laughs> Nobody was starved on set. I can attest Except to that. Except Chris. <laughs> Wait, did I starve? Did that you didn't happen? notice? Good. <laughs> I was, I was about to make a comment about Gabby being Christian Bale, and now I'm wondering if I'm being <laughs> right. Oh, no, God. You, you won't get it, sweetie. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. So how did you, you three get involved? Uh, we'll start with Desso. How, when did Steve approach you about being part of Survey? So uh, Steve comes to me. Well, actually, I approached them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were having a meeting, and I was asked to join. Uh, when I get there... Um, it, it really boiled down to Steve just turning to me and saying, I would like you to be the fight choreographer for my film. 
okay, what do I got to do? <laughs> Where do I start from there? So, uh, you know, it, it really became the, the project for me to learn how to do choreography. We had done one uh, for an event at a school once using lightsabers, but this included, you know, like regular fighting, street fighting-ish, and uh, some other weapons that we had never really held before in a combat scenario. And like so, a sword. Like a sword. Yeah. <laughs> it's one thing that training breaks. with our wooden practice swords, but this was trying to make it look real, yeah, which trying was different. To, trying to give it that edge of people who know what they're doing. Um, and, and really, I want to say thank you, Chris. Thank you, Anna, for stepping up and doing, uh, doing things that I hadn't. Even though I told you this is what I wanted, you actually were able to perform it. And... I, I want to say thank you because you guys really did that for me. Um, I know Steve came to me a couple times and said that there would be no film without me, but really, I, I just I just put what I wanted, and these two make it happen. So, um, but as far as like that day, I, I just realized how much I needed to learn in a very short time so I could move forward and actually mm -hmm. be contributing. And to we the trained film. something like three hours a day after you got home from work, we would watch um, videos, tutorials, how-tos, trying to take in as much knowledge, and then we would go outside, and we would rehearse, and we would practice, and we would break down what worked, what wouldn't work. If I dropped the staff, I gave myself the assigned, I have to do this many burpees if I mess up. So I did not staff drop the staff training. after a couple hours. And then we realized after the film how much we had learned even going forward, so we watch it now and we discuss, oh, well, we would have done this differently. Yeah, anytime you look back on something that you've done, you go, oh, I could have done this. And it's it's always a learning experience from that. But yeah, when, uh, when he said, I need you to do this, staff training was one, sword training was involved. Um, you know, we discussed how are you gonna hold a knife to do this and this and this. And then, you know, when it comes to just barehanded fighting, you know, what style are we going to go with? Are we going to use, you know, just boxing? Are we going to, you know, and we really had to delve into that. I say we, I really had to delve into that and decide what I wanted to do as far as the each individual. You know, this person's going to have learned this because of their previous history. This one's going to do this. I have sheets of character information for stuff that hasn't happened yet just from this film that we put together. So well, I think the uh one of the hardest things is that uh is the three of us have some level of martial arts training. And of course, the fighting that we were doing was nothing even, you know, we were trying not to be as sophisticated. So, uh when instinct would take Dirty over fighting. Right, um, and we'd be like, "Oh, we can add a spin kick." No, you can't do a spin kick no. because it's too, it's too no, sophisticated. Chris, no spin uh, kicks. Well, what if I, what if I do do this? No, that's too sophisticated. Chris is telling on himself. Too Jackie Chan. No. Well, no. There's no. a there's a couple of times that we were just like, "No, we can't have Anna do that because it was a little, it's a little too like flair." There was supposed to be no flair. It was yeah. just Not too much flair. Right. Too much and flair. That's, you know, we we kind of I, I wanted to go uh, for Anna's character more of a kung fu because you know self taught. Right. Animalistic and and go from down. there, but stripped down and more brawling street fighter than hours and hours of focus training. Well, that also goes back to the aesthetic of like a Tarantino film where we didn't want that. We didn't want that aesthetic, pretty side to it. It was straightforward, 
struggle instead of, oh, isn't this a pretty fight? It's, yeah, the fight's in there, but we're really trying to get something done. It's defense, it's protection, it's all these different things combined, not, ooh, didn't that look nice? The, the fight so is definitely... Uh, it was pretty, though. That, well, I mean, still, the fight is still do what you need to do to survive. Yeah. And that, that's, I think... That's what, what we were focusing on, what you said we should focus on, and that's what we worked with right. you on. So, I mean, you know, and anytime... that was from day one. Anytime Dessa was like, well, what can we do here... Um, you know, the we would I think the at first instinct again would be like, oh, we can do this. No, it's too flary. And then we would be like, no, let's just do it simple and see what happens. And it came out looking like we were, you know, trying to tear each other apart and not make it look pretty. Just go for it. And we did step it out. We did like the one movement at a time. Okay, this goes here. This goes here. And it ended up me going, I don't, I don't know. Something's off. Something's missing. And then I like wrote out a script in like 15 minutes and went, this works. And mm-hmm. then we tried it out with the explanation. We did uh, dirty it up a bit with some of the movements. And then uh, we ended up stripping down or adding this or that just to give it that more realistic, how would this feel, how would this fill in at this particular, you know, just this very moment. And it, it really broke down that way. And what was really nice, too, is that the fight scene felt like it was character-driven. You know, and Desso, you did a really good job with understanding the characters and having the motivation come out of the characters as opposed to just, they fight, and, oh, let's do, you know, something kind of cool That was the original fight. script. They fight, <laughs> yeah. this happens. Yeah. It's, it's one, it's, it was in bold, though. It so was we in knew bold. It was important. It was important yeah. But it, was it wasn't filled in. So, but, yeah, I mean, he, he walked through and, and, <laughs> and blocked everything out from as far as, okay, here's this movement, here's this. And, um, it, I mean, it, really, the movie hinged so much on that fight scene and if we didn't have something that was really good, the movie wouldn't have succeeded. And Derek, I know you probably want to move on, but I do have to say this to Desso. All, all kudos to you, man, because when we yeah. started doing the choreography, um, I couldn't understand why it was so contained, and Desso literally went out to the site <laughs> of the film. And, I mean, when we rehearsed, we rehearsed a fight that he had mapped out in his mind of the area that we had to work, and I didn't understand that at first. And it was a little frustrating because I was like, well, why can't we spread this out a little yeah, more? Yeah, to flesh and that then, out. And then the first time I see the site, I was like, Desso's a goddamn genius. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. To flesh that out, it was uh, we, we had to practice in basically a field area. And, uh, you know, it and was – and, and keep it contained to a very small location, which when you see the film, you'll understand. But, um, you know, it's constantly, hey, what? why don't we do – more of this, no, that's not going to work for what we have available, for the space that we have available. And uh, yeah, I, I, once again, I appreciate you following through and listening, and I'm glad it all played out for you. So that's a genius. It's, it's, it's <laughs> great though how you were managed to choreograph that fight for that small of an area, because I remember the first time I came over, um, did, uh, we had like to clear the, space for your head. Yeah, because <laughs> I came over for like the uh, the fitting, and we did some uh, rehearsals and stuff, and we went out to the site, and I'm looking at this little bitty alcove in the trees. I'm like, we're supposed to do everything in here? <laughs> and we okay. Did. Jason was like, someone's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> so 
him actually choreographing the fights and putting it together and teaching her actually is how I learned about this. Yeah, doing the choreography and stuff because we were like, you just need to sit here so we know where not to land. <laughs> and parents, that's how brutal violence will get your children into the arts. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, I ended up filling in, during the rehearsal portions um, for Anna's sake, I ended up filling in not just for who I ended up filling in for in the movie here, but I also filled in for Tanja, so I ended up with a lot of the, the, the bashings and bruisings as well. Um, just throwing that out there. I never doubted you for a minute. It's all you other people who don't know what it's like to get hit by Anna. And, and, and by the way, during rehearsals, Chris kept saying, no, hit me, hit me for real, hit me for real. He did, and we kept saying no. Like, safety first. You're not going to get beaten up for real. I believe in selling it. And, and then we get on set, and then he's like, She's really hitting me. <laughs> you know what's no way? Okay, so you say that now, cup. but here's the funny thing. I never broke character after I got hit. I sorry. stayed in character. But if I touch your ass, I will say sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look ruined. Priorities. I totally have priorities. I get, Hashtag I get, priorities. I get, I get hit in the junk. I will stay down and make it look like I was hit in the right area. But if I touch your butt, I'm totally going to ruin the scene. Lavon, you're being so patient right there. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, we're, like, we're. I don't even know how to follow that. <laughs> I really don't. I just had to make him look fabulous. You're, you're the <laughs> you did. She's the award winner. Yeah, you're the award winning oh, yeah. member so. of the panel. Stop, stop. stop. Yes. Well, I would, thank you. I mean, it wouldn't, it, because, I mean, it was you guys. This is the reason you wore it so fabulously. I got to design this really cool thing. Um, I mean, I've done, I mean, if people know me, um, I do a lot of, you know, I'm 501st, and so a lot of stuff I do is like Star Wars things. I do also costume for Pensacola State College. Um, but when I was given the script by Steve and we had that first meeting, it's like, okay, okay, this is going to be cool. Um, so mine starts racing, and it's, you know, and it was the way it was described is, okay. You don't want it to be Mad Max, but you don't want it to be this, but you know, to try to come up with costumes for these characters that don't look like something you've already seen. Um, it's, and it's challenging because you don't have resources like you know Hollywood does. You have what you have here in town and um, you go and you buy things and you repurpose them. And, I had a lot of fun in my driveway, me with leather on the <laughs> sidewalk. Like, what are my neighbors going? What you do, Levon? I'm just making some costumes. Uh, don't mind me. Um, but to you know, in when you're when you costume for theater or film, you have to do character analysis. It's like, what would this person wear, and why are they wearing it? You know, otherwise it's just clothes. Mm -hmm. um, everything has to have a purpose, and since there was fighting and movement involved, they obviously have to be able to move in this stuff. It's like, you know, you can't put them in like a bias cut dress or anything like that. That was the most impressive thing, though, was was, was the fact that we it was functional. Like well, we I mean, it was comfortable yeah. despite that Florida heat. We're in five layers of clothes, yeah, but you still made it feel like we just could keep going. Um, I mean, it just, it, it, you know, when I saw, I mean, you know, all the work, putting it together, I'm going, oh my God, it's like, I hope this is what Steve wants. And then when everybody was in costume, I was like, God, this is really cool. Um, I mean, they were just, it was really cool. But, but you know, for example, for Anna's character, she has this 
if you haven't seen it yet, this piece, I call it the <laughs> potholder Jedi thing, because I wove it, I, you know, I, and, but it was the colors that needed to be, it was like her camouflage. It was also her armor. It was also very protective, but it was like camo. Um, and she was layered. It was protective clothing. Um, for the guys, you'll see that they have like, you know, like a cut, like a motorcycle club. But it was, that was, they were, in essence, they were a gang, mm -hmm. you know. And um, Jason had a merce. <laughs> he, he, he did. It was did. very fabulous. <laughs> uh, I mean, um, but just, I, for me as a costumer, it really helped me grow like learning new skills and everything on how to weather costumes, how to distress things. Cause I, you know, I haven't really done a lot of that. I haven't had to, I used it by the way, when we just did 1984, I was out in my driveway again, you know? So I use those like new skills that I learned, but um, I, I really, it was, it was such a cool project for me. And I, I thank Steve for bringing me in on this. Um, I, it's, it, I don't know what else to say about it. Well. After I wrote the script, I realized that the two, well, there, there were several elements that had to be, uh, that were essential for this to be a success. One was the fighting. You know, if we didn't get that right, it wouldn't, it, the whole movie would fall apart. But the other was the costumes, because <clears throat> what the goal, and I think Dessa or Jason, one of you said earlier, the, the whole intent was we don't know when this took place. Is it in the future? Is it in the past? All I knew was it is not modern, and we couldn't have any reflection of modern clothing, modern items. No screen tees. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so Levon's goal was to create this whole world with the costumes. I mean, we didn't have very many props. We had, you know, a staff and some swords and a few other items here and there that um, that Kyle and Heather Warner had put together. Some food. And. The costumes had to sell it and had to really sell the characters. And let me tell you, I mean, the, the, the wardrobe fittings were one thing, but that Saturday when we got on set and got everybody in costume and the cast was together in their wardrobe, it was like it transitioned. And we realized this is for real. And it really brought the characters and the whole world to life. And you make fun of the Merce. I gotta thank you for the merch because I had somewhere to keep my gum and my keys on. <laughs> so when Steve uh, approached Talk me it. about how do you feel about this, I will admit when he was talking about costuming and stuff, I floated your name. I was like, Levon should do this. And it was one of those, we were both kind of like, will she have time? Will she be able to do this? And I remember that first sit down with you. I'll make time. <laughs> when you brought like, you already had everything printed out. You already had all these ideas. You knew who was going to be what character. So you had like everything laid out. And you brought that excitement to the table. You already had these brilliant ideas on, well, here's why this won't work. And we discussed it felt like, you know, the Incredibles, no capes type stuff where you're like. And no one had a cape. Well, no, but like the different types of gloves that you see in these, the Mad Max type films or whatever, you were breaking down why that may look good on screen, but here's why if it's going to actually be practical, it won't work. And you're going over everything point by point. It was that moment of, oh my God, this is really happening. And that's when you walked in and Steve's like, I need to talk to you. But it was in that moment where you're putting all these papers in front of me going, 
which of these elements do you like? And you're going over why you picked those. It really demonstrates why during the film festival it stood out because you're looking at all of these other films which were really well done and they're beautiful to look at, but the costumes in yours were 100% unique. They were 100% Levon, but with each of us in mind. And it was amazing. It wasn't just anyone could be stuffed into that outfit. You kept us in mind. So Steve calls me and goes, so Levon's going to be the costume designer. And I was like, cool, that's legit. We're going to be awesome then. <laughs> that was the end of that conversation. Wow, you just summed up like my rambling in just like a couple moments. <laughs> no, I mean, that, was, that was literally the conversation. He's like, Levon's doing costumes. And I was like, so, Next bit of business. So, so hearing Levon's working, you're like, "Yay, I'm a professional." Yeah, I, I, I was, I was like, I was like, I, my my response is giddy, and I'm I don't want to show that to you, so I'm gonna hang up the phone. <laughs> no, I just it was it was a it was a wonderful project for me. As you know, it gets, a l oh my god, I gotta get these things done. Oh my god, um, but it just, it, I was like, I have like progress photos. By the way, I could put a book together of before and after things. Just. For me, for record, you know, for my notes and how, but it just, I really, th there's a reason people wore what they did. There's a reason the colors were what I picked. I mean, you know, it's, they're not going to be in like, you know, neon pink or something. It's going to be very earthy. Um, I don't know, Zilker and Neon Pink. Well, you know. Can, can well, we do a post like 1980s version of it? Yeah. I just the want him shoulder to pad that's neon pink going, hello there. <laughs> and shoulder um, pads. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I disagree. Uh, yeah, yeah, I disagree completely. <laughs> if I buy you that, will you do that? You gotta buy me dinner first. But yeah. <laughs> he still owes you heard you a it here first, coffee. folks. <laughs> Buying Jason dinner in a mankini. I'm going to hear that. <laughs> Hello. No, but um, when you first started to show us some of the, the, the sketches of the stuff that was, you know, what we were kind of going to look like, that was when I knew this was going to be awesome because I saw the sketch yeah. that looked like me with all this cool stuff. You know. Thank you, Dave Bain. Uh, it, it was just <laughs> yeah. great. Dave Bain uh, did some of the initial concept art, and it helped sell – uh, not only for the actors to, as far as getting the character, but it helped sell the film with Indiegogo. So thank you, Dave. Yeah, as soon as I got on set that day and put everything on, it, it, it was like, I'm complete now. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time all three of us were standing together, and I was just like, we're going to mess somebody up. <laughs> uh, we're not even going to film this movie. We're just going to go commit uh, like, highway robberies. Like I said, it was that energy of like, yeah. let's go do the thing. And it was just amazing. Despite what our roles were in the film, we just all had this like bouncy energy. And it's your fault, Levon. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, that first picture, that picture with the five of them, it's oh. like, oh, my yeah. God. I was just definitely dressed for the job I want. <laughs> <laughs> Highway robbery. Highway robbery. Well, the cool thing, though, I mean, it was like the first day, I mean, it rained. Okay, great. Put these plastic things on your boots because <laughs> oh, I yeah, just totally weathered them. Or dainty marauders. <laughs> do not take the weathering off the boots because I have to redo them. But the cool thing, though, about the weather was anytime anybody was on the ground, oh, look, extra weathering. Look. <laughs> it looks real. I mean, the sweat. I mean, it looked like they wore these costumes. It looks like this. these were their clothes. It wasn't just, I just put this on them and don't get it dirty, please. You know. Don't smoke and drink coffee, though. Well, that part. Yeah, it was uh, Chris, Chris is injured on the ground. Just roll around a little bit more. We need some <laughs> dirt to even out the right side. But it did, and then, you know, when... Had to reweather some things. Like, how am I gonna make that look 
like that spot right there that Chris did when he was in the in the you know mud. Um, but you know the, the sweat and everything. I mean, it, it did. It added okay. to. I mean, it looked real. It wasn't just I took it off the hanger and put. It, yes, exactly. Ray, what about you, sir? <laughs> Pass the mic. Uh, I remember it was another late night Facebook chat between me and Steve when he pitched the well not really pitched the idea but he said I'm work I'm thinking about making turning this into a movie and he sent the script to me um, but as a testament to uh, Steve's writing uh, the first time I read it uh, I got back to him and I said Anna would really do a, a real good job as as the main character and he goes I wrote it for her and I was like oh well there you go yeah. I, I, I don't I, see what you guys are talking yeah. about. It makes me feel weird. You're like the warrior woman of Pensacola. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Everybody's like, who's a badass chick that could be doing this? And everybody's first response, Anna, Anna. in unison at the same time. Yeah, you can, you can hear the echoes through Pensacola when people do that. But um, yeah, no, uh, I, when I read the script, uh, I thought it was really cool. I, I like that aesthetic of the post-apocalyptic uh, uh, setting and I like that you left it ambiguous and she didn't know if it was the future or the past and everything um, and I wasn't about to go oh let me do this I just knew I wanted to be a part of something that I, I knew was going to be cool from the get go um, so I just said Steve if you need any help whatsoever I don't care if you just need someone to hold a boom mic or uh, it's the same exact thing I told him yeah. like, what do you need man you want me to but go you, run yeah. and get coffee for you yeah. So, my head. yeah whatever yeah, I'll put a GoPro on my Head run around, get some B-roll, I don't know, whatever you need. Um, <laughs> so uh, I honestly was very um, surprised and uh, a little humbled when he uh, uh, asked for me to be um, second assistant director. I, I honestly was full on expecting him to, like, uh, just, not that the role, any role is small, but uh, there's a lot of responsibility I felt with that, a lot of trust there. And I, I'm, I consider Steve a very good friend. I just... I, I know that there's a difference between your um, friendships and your professional relationships. And Steve and I have never worked together before. He, he knows I've done little rinky-dink YouTube videos way back when. They're awesome. Um, <laughs> Truth. I, <laughs> I disagree. Um, but no, uh, I knew, uh, not having that history with Steve as far as working with him, uh, I really didn't know how to take him saying, would you like to be my second assistant director? With, with knowing the responsibility that would take. I almost wanted to say no, because I'm like, this is really, really cool. I don't want to be the guy that ruins it because I, I do something wrong. But, um, and he he, met, uh, he mentioned like uh, being, because we I was at what I called home base. Uh, I wasn't really on set where the, fil where the action, action was. And he's like, are you sure this is okay? Because you don't really get to, s this isn't the glitzy side, you don't get to see the filming, I'm like, I'm helping, I'm making things work, I have my gear in this machine, that's fine. Well, then you doubled up because you would still come out and make sure that we were okay. You were very personable and you couldn't tell it was your first time doing it because you were right there making sure everything was okay. I know for me, like you said, there are no small roles. I was mesmerized watching every little part of this take place. Like when we're filming up against that tree, the guy standing around us, and I'm looking at their arms just holding still, and I'm mm -hmm. thinking to myself, there's no way I could do that. But you being up at the house, running water, asking, are you okay? Co going up to Gabby, do you need a break? You were on top of everything. So it was not a small bit by any means. And, and you know, <laughs> making a movie is a lot of logistics. And 
yeah, the, the creative part, that's, you know, the fun. And, but we also, it, it's, it's almost like an army where you have different divisions that all have to work in unison for the final goal. And the final goal is to have this film produced. And without the logistics, everything falls apart. And so, you know, having Ray help me through pre-production was a huge, huge help. Uh, Catherine Bishop was my first assistant director uh, who basically runs the set. And she was out of town for like a month leading up to it. And so she had to jump, jump in like a week before to try to bring all the logistics on her end together. But the second AD has to basically make sure that everybody gets checked in, that everybody is in their place where they belong to get things rolling, to make sure that craft services and the catering is in place, that the bathrooms <laughs> are, you know, the people Location have scouting. To it. Um, yeah. yeah, he helped me with the location yeah. scouting. He helped me with just so much getting the food put together because we didn't have someone dedicated to handle craft services, which is, you know, like all the snacks and, and everything. So we did some late night shopping. Um, just, I mean, a lot of things I, I would call them up and, and just bounce ideas off and say, okay, we need to think about this. What, what do we have to do in order to make this happen? Yeah. And without you at my side, because, you know, I was handling directing and producing because <clears throat> someone didn't want to produce. Just <laughs> leave the man with the most I'm alone. Sorry. <laughs> Which Just I'm keep saying hello glad. there and remind him. I'm Just keep saying the hello role there. That you took, so. But bringing on all that responsibility and taking on that responsibility myself, I really needed someone in that position. And thank you very much for, for doing that. From the bottom of my heart, I don't like you. <laughs> I've never liked you. Um, no, Ray, um, you kept Steve sane. Uh, Ray would pop up like a magician, like if you needed something. Be like, man, I could really use a water. Where did you come from? Yeah, yeah, that's Why how are it you felt. In my pocket? Well, like, like you said, you know that yeah, that professional cool. side of things. All of us relatively know each other. Either we know each other through the community, we've heard about each other in some way. And you have to, while you're on set, separate that, that friendship side. But when you separate it, there's still that underlying in the back of your head. If I screw this up, is he never going to talk to me again? <laughs> so it's an interesting feeling. Like, I know for you, it must have been odd. You know, I need you to check in. You have to put aside that, yeah, we're friends. Right now, we have this to do. That, LaVon, yeah. <laughs> get, get, get yourself together moment and then when you're offset we can laugh and joke around but when you're there everyone has their part and Steve made sure we understood that you do not touch wires you do not do this you do not do that unless you are told to or that is your job and from my point of view I actually respected and really appreciated how laid out everything was here's what you need to do focus on that only it was a battle plan that was well executed but even though we're all friends, we work together really professionally, in my opinion. And I really enjoyed that. The overall um, experience, for even from day, from right from day one, or even, I guess, even through pre-production, uh, working with Steve, um, the energy and chemistry between everybody was just almost surreal. Um, there wasn't a single moment where there was any kind of frustration uh, at well, least on my side. Well, <laughs> well, Chris and Chris, I kind of come, come down to the set one I day. I had to take Chris to the side a couple times and tell him to breathe. But 
like, well, let's, let's as far as like I, from my perspective, because yeah. uh, I mean, like I said, I wasn't on set, but um, oh. whenever. <laughs> <laughs> Click. Here, here's the thing. You Click. just caught up. With with any production of this magnitude, there's always going to be challenges that you have to overcome. And one of the things that you did that we relied on that Brilliantly. you did really well was keep things sane backstage. Yeah. You know, at, at the house that was our base camp, we knew that things were taken care of and that, and, you know, like the 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 toilet that was working in the house, the one toilet, decided to not work. And so we had to shuttle people to the nearest gas station. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and things like that, that it's like, okay, we have issues that are outside of where the cameras are. And I knew that you would be able to take care of that. And, and you did, and you handled it. It never yeah, felt like, oh my God, the world's going to end, or oh, another thing. It was always, okay, well, this happened. Let's fix that and move on. That was yeah. the energy you got in the house. Absolutely. So. And, and just in the beginning of the day, I mean, the, the process that we had to go through was when the actors showed up, they had to go through, was it costuming first and then makeup? And we had um, uh, Lisa, I'm sorry, Lisa, what is your last name? Van, Van Amber? Van Amber. Lisa yes. Van, I apologize, Lisa, for forgetting your last name. Um, she was our wonderful makeup person. We had Lemmy Cruz that was doing the, the oh, special gosh. effects makeup, who was amazing. And so the actors had this process that they had to check in. They had to go to costuming. They had to go to makeup. And they had to go to the special effects makeup. And then go back to straight makeup. And then report to the AD team to be taken out to location to get start. So all this is going on while the crew is checking in and having to go to their departments and try to, you know, and of course hair and makeup and, you know, that's all working in, in you are managing all that. Yeah. Where I didn't have to worry about that. <laughs> other things to worry about. So it's, you know, it, it is a, a, like an army that's working efficiently and, Fortunately, it was done officially. <laughs> and that's where part one of this discussion on survey will end. We'll pick up next week with part two. So be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, all podcasting platforms. Just search for the Derek Diamond Experience. You can also follow me on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at D Diamond Podcast. So that's going to do it for this week's show. Enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you for listening to another awesome episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and we'll see you guys back here next week with part two of our survey discussion. Listening to a Nerd Cave Network production.